Howdy, craft beer lovers. I am Brian. And I'm Justin. And we're here with producer Casey. And this is the Hop and Barrel Podcast, brought to you by Blind Ninja Studios in beautiful western Wisconsin. This is episode number two, which includes news and, in and information and updates about the Hop and Barrel Brewery from the dates 12-7 to 12-20. So December 7 to December 20. Today, we're going to talk about the origins of Hop and Barrel. However, before we get started, we'd like to give a shout out to the Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Tyler Romanski, and Hop and Barrel. You can support Blind Ninja Studios on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Studios or by following the patron link on the bottom of the homepage at blindninjastudios.com. Hey, Justin, if you weren't a brewery owner guy and didn't go back into law, what would you do? Ooh, wasn't expecting that one. Uh -huh. um, I didn't tell you. <laughs> no, no, probably raising ants in a giant ant farm. No way. I was thinking I was gonna do a worm farm. Oh, and then uh, we could have an we, HGTV. Yes. And our budget would be like three million dollars. Yes. I know. Yes. Oh, that'd oh, be great. Perfect. Yeah. All right. That's great. Let's dive right into the rest of the show. <laughs> I want to watch this show. <laughs> Wait, I, are you guys combating the ants versus the worm? No, 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 no. No, they work together. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Do, yep. the, do the ants ride the worms or do the worms ride the ants? The ants are stronger, so <laughs> they would carry the worms around. Is this some oh kind of gosh. like uh, compost situation? It's like the opposite of it's, Dune. Yeah, the, the spice what? must flow. In any case, so, uh, Justin, what have you been up to beer-related lately? Oh, working on uh, a couple new recipes for something um, we'll talk about at a later date. A little, little teaser there. So tweaking some new recipes. Ah, very nice. Casey, super producer, what have you been up to beer-related lately? Um, well, I finally got my home brewery back up and running, um, oh. and I brewed my second beer this morning before you guys showed up, actually. I thought I smelled uh Yeah, I mash. did a Vienna lager. Really? Yeah, nice. with um, Omega Mexican, or Mexican lager yeast, oh. and yeah, fermenting it at 51 degrees in the back there. So. Nice. Cool. I can't wait to try that. All right, I guess beer related lately. All literally, all I have done was go to Pitchfork with Casey. <laughs> we did go to Pitchfork. We went and to it Pitchfork. Was a great time. I am I am continually delighted by their their uh, beers these days, and um, they have some killer food. They are off of Exit Four, and very very super pumped about what they've got going on out there. They have a really good thing going, so the mics are uh, are making it happen. So. Yeah, so a uh, couple points here. Um, we got some listener feedback of uh, the first the pilot show, and we were it, it was a guy that that we know who knows us and knows about us and our story, and he said, "Hey, you've got this podcast, but do any you know does anybody know the origin story of the podcast? I mean, you know, we've been around for three years. You know, Justin and I have been working on this project for almost four years, uh, before and I believe in February." Mm -hmm. um, and our, yep. our anniversary comes around December eighth every year. So in a couple of days here, actually, that that will be the anniversary oh, wow. of the yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> isn't that wacky? Like the, there was three years ago uh, on in a couple days on, on it'll be on Tuesday, Tuesday that we just decided Do to you open mind doors. If I throw a quick uh, plug out for the first time you guys showed up on uh, the Blind Ninja Studios Network. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you guys go back into the uh, Department of Offense archive <laughs> oh uh, four years ago, you will see the first public appearance of Justin and Brian on BNS, at least. Yep. Uh, and it was right after you guys' soft opening. It was yep. right after yep. the soft opening, and then I never left the network. Yeah, you just <laughs> stayed. <laughs> 
I basically, I, I don't remember how it went officially, but I basically said, hey, Casey, can I just keep showing up? And, and I, I said, yeah. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a good time to talk about washing the sheets on your cot in the corner? Uh, yeah, we should probably do that. We didn't wash those when we moved the studio. <laughs> no. They just kind of disintegrate. We put new ones on. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my> anyway. <laughs> so anyway, we got some good listener feedback. There were The downloads for the first podcast were in the triple digits. Uh, we're very, very pumped with the response. So thank you folks for listening. Uh, it really, really helps us out. Uh, so what I want to do here is take a little dive into, yeah, just that, the origin of Hop and Barrel. Uh, so Justin, what was your life before beer? Well, I didn't know you were going to ask. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, before beer, I was, I was a practicing lawyer, um, mm-hmm. immediately before beer. I was working in St. Paul, largely the East side and kind of the Stillwater area doing family law, business law. Um, that's where I got into home brewing. That's what started my path down beer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, practicing law since out of school till started this up for about 10 years. Yep, and I remember Justin in a suit and tie. Um, <clears throat> I had never seen him wear anything except for a suit and tie for a couple of years. Uh, yeah. You know, like, well, I mean, I guess when from the time we met until until we probably August of three years ago when you, you know, showed up with, you know, some different clothing on and then your wife accused you know me of influencing that. no I'm, I'm like Your batman style. it's like i got i got i have one wardrobe but it, it went from like a batman like suit of the same black suit to now sweatshirts and yeah t-shirts you've called you've cultivated your own look uh away from suits and ties but yes. i just always thought that was funny because he you know he always had a suit and tie on and i always had you know long hair and a heavy metal shirt and so I suppose that juxtaposition of us like sitting at bars planning this brewery was interesting for people to take a look at. But uh, my life before beer was more beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I before before I did the brewery, I was with Inbound. I brewed for them for a while and did sales. And before that, I was doing Lucid and I was doing contract brewing of brands um, like uh, Bad Weather, Badger Hill, Prize Brewing. Um, and we started doing <clears throat> the inbound beers when we were at the Minnetonka location with Lucid. So we were also still brewing the Lucid beers. And then Lucid acquired American Sky, which was how I ended up with the company to begin with. So we were also making American Sky beers. So I've had experience brewing under a lot of different labels and then I've been fermenting beer in one form or another since uh, probably about 2005. Um, which I think is kind of more what got me interested in craft, um, which we can get to in a minute. But Justin, what what kind of what got you into uh, craft beer? Before we dive into that, yeah. so Hop and Barrel isn't your first experience brewing in Hudson, then? No, you have it's a little not. Bit of history there. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, American Sky was the first brewery in Hudson since Prohibition. Uh, I was lucky enough to brew for them. Uh, it, it, it's a little fuzzy, maybe 2013, I guess, my good friends uh, Mags and uh, Captain Colson could confirm or deny, I think maybe 2013-ish, don't know, 2014. And <clears throat> yeah, uh, then w- the brewery was, was purchased by a Minnesota brewery and then moved to Minnesota. But yeah, Justin, yeah. what got you into craft beer? Uh, homebrewing, actually, kind of an interesting Hudson connection too. So even before homebrewing, I was um, 
working with the local Rotary Group on a fundraiser mm-hmm. and worked with a couple of the liquor stores in town to put together a beer tasting event that actually happened at a golf course in River Falls here. Um, and that was really the first time I'd ever had a chance to sample through a whole lot of craft beer and talk to some people in the industry and, and open my eyes to, to some of those kind of things. So did that. Oh, God, again, the years get a little fuzzy, but that was before America. Actually, no, the first time. This, this is kind of a cool tie-in. I just remember now, the first night we did that, American Sky was set to open a couple months later. So uh, okay. they were there doing like a, you know, a pre-sampling thing out of some kegs kind of out of the back room sort of deal. Sure. Sounds so, like, sounds about right. <laughs> around, the, around the time American Sky was opening. Um, then a couple months after that, started home brewing and contest brewing and um, kind of went from there. Neat. Yeah, I just remember seeing these interesting oddball beers in, in liquor stores probably around, you know, I, I was 21 in... I think 2000, by the time 2003 rolled around, in any case, I was in some liquor store and, and saw this oddball beer. It was a James Page Amber, and I had picked it up off the shelf and brought it to the <clears throat> the counter, and the, the older gentleman who was behind the counter was like, what is a kid your age interested in beer like this? I said, I don't know, it looks, it looks different, it looks cool. Um, you know, and he was like, well, we have a craft beer tasting every Wednesday, and I was like, craft beer, what's, what's that? And he explained what craft beer was. And then I would go to these tastings once in a while on Wednesdays, and it was a bunch of, like, older men in their, <laughs> in their 40s, 50s, and 60s trying all these, like, import, micro-brew, import and, and or micro-brew type stuff. And so that then quickly realized you couldn't get half the stuff that you could read about, and so decided... You know, I had a friend, Bruce Truckee, who was an engineer, and he was like, yeah, I built all my own homebrewing equipment. And at the time, and, and still to this day, I guess, like cobbling stuff together just sounded really fun, like making your own stuff and then brewing on it. I thought that's just how it w- was supposed to be. But these days, you know, if you listen to our Homebrew Bound podcast on the Blind Ninja Studio Network, you'll see that. You know, there's so much technology these days. You just go to the store and buy all the stuff, and then you brew, which is probably probably easier than cobbling shit together. But it's not as much fun. It's though. definitely not as much fun. So, in any case, that that's that was my the sum of I guess uh, my you know our lives before beer, our interest in craft, our my first industry job, and Justin's first industry job obviously was Hop and Barrel. But I, you know, aside from that, yeah, we we do the brewery thing, and that's. That's like a twenty four seven thing for Justin and I. I mean, he we're on the phone constantly, uh, or talking constantly. It's literally that's our life. Is this brewery? But uh, you know, got to blow off some steam. Got to have some free time for hobbies. So, Justin, what do you do in your free time and hobbies? Stuff like that. God, I love I love travel. Uh, that hasn't been so good for me the last year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, travel, um, reading. I'm also short on books right now, but um, yeah, a lot of games with the kids. D and D's become a new big thing the last year, especially for some of us. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're we're two years and change into uh, multiple groups. Multiple. Yeah, aren't groups. you supposed to eat something or like a D twenty or a hat? If that campaign gets done in two, in a year, yeah. was it? Then I have to eat a plastic dice <laughs> yeah plastic dice. I don't know why we make him do this <laughs> i don't have a problem eating it it's 
It's the other, other end. end. Yeah. <clears throat> Anywho, uh, yeah, I was gonna say like I, I'll I'm gonna say a couple things that that Justin does in his free time. One obsesses about Star Wars. Oh. Two yeah. obsesses about D and D, but we all kind of obsess about Star Wars and D and D. But um, Justin, if you want to know anything about the Star Wars canon, um, he can tell you. <laughs> Lots of yeah, obscure yeah, shit. Obscure about random. Star Wars. I mean, I may not remember some of the random names, but there, there's a lot of deep war in this head. Yeah. Do you know what a Twi'lek is? Do you know you mean a Twi'lek? Whatever. Yeah, Do you know what race Panda Baba is? Just because you know Panda Baba more than anything. <laughs> he's, he's got a butt face. I like him. <laughs> he killed it. a few of them in the Mandalorian this last That's couple true. weeks ago. But anyway, uh, free time and hobbies for me. Uh, you guys can you guys tell me what what's, what do I like to do? What can, what can we say on air? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what do you like to do? Um, I am I am absolutely and utterly obsessed with disc golf. Yeah, that was yep. Anything that has to do with disc golf, I'm I'm into. I I think the the physics of flight are extremely fascinating to me, and the the way that these discs work, and the fact that when you get a new box a new disc out of the box. And if it's from a different run than the other disc, it's gonna gonna fly totally differently, and you have to like master how that one works versus the other one. So it's extremely exciting to me. <clears throat> Plus, being outside and hiking around is also something I'm super into. Um, I think the only thing that'll get Brian away from beer or take him away from it is gonna be when he goes pro with disc golfing. Yeah, right. At at 40 years old, yeah, that'll be. I mean, I feel like if there's any sport where it's either golf or disc golf where you can go pro at 40, like yeah, that's probably true. In any case, or maybe curling. We'll we'll see. My oh. my average is five over at the moment, and uh, we'll see. Oh yeah, but where did you start the summer at? Like twenty three. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's a big improvement. Well, but, but you know the, the the thing is, is I I never really took it seriously because you know I just it was it was a, disc golf. It, it was disc golf, and if there was a way to just wander around outside or in the woods with your friends and and maybe have a couple of beers and and then you know whatever um but yeah i also am very much into D &D. um i'm i'm really i'm really interested and i'm i'm teaching myself uh kernel coding languages and i'm gonna build up to c sharp and then i'm kind of like thinking about making some apps or something like that i haven't really thought too far ahead because i've been playing with arduino which is little electronics and you use like a breadboard and you set up circuits and I remember the day that I made like an LED light blink and I wrote the code myself and I sent it to Casey and I was like, I made a light blink. Yeah, I remember the <laughs> six texts before that. This isn't working. How do I debug it? <laughs> oh, God, I had so much goosebumps just blinking one light. And I and it's it's so much fun. I, I don't, don't get the big I don't, fucking deal. Just flip the switch. I don't really care if it's it's probably <laughs> ge more geared towards kids. And I don't care. I never had an opportunity to futz with stuff like that when I was a kid. But I was always taking everything apart when I was a kid. And now and I still take everything apart and I still try to put it back together. Um, and so, yeah, that's another <laughs> another thing. Oh, here's a question for you. Speaking of, sure. of kids, what uh what was life like for you growing up? I mean, what do you do before beer or adult life? How would you, how, oh, what man. makes you tick, Brian? What <clears throat> did I, when I was a kid? I, <laughs> do we, we need to the couch? No, <laughs> we were 100% always outside. We were never, ever inside. And if we were, we were, you know, it was, it was too ugly out to go outside and we were reading um, books. And 
playing games. And my sisters and I are a bunch of nerds. And so we used to play this game called Game of the States. And we would sit there and literally memorize the capitals of the states, the United States, on this game we had. Because we had those type of parents that were like, no fruit roll-ups, no candy, no sugar cereal, one hour of TV a week, like very, very rigid guidelines, go outside, you know, I mean, we were very, it was very, like, wholesome <laughs> growing up. So. All right, Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Justin, what about you, though? You have a very interesting, um, you, were, you were a farm boy. Yeah, I grew up on a dairy farm, which... It came from an area where I it took me till even high school to realize that wasn't a common thing even in a rural area. So a little little unique, but uh, yeah. Grew up in the dairy farm, 4-H, judging cows. In fact, just driving to town, I had a flashback <laughs> of judging cows when I was in middle school. At <laughs> I just started thinking about a middle age, middle school age Justin, like 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 stroking his chin, like uh, you know assessing this cow. Like uh, no. that cow's a bit shit, isn't it? <laughs> nope. The, the grand champion milking shorthorn hmm. in Minnesota for six years in a row. Whoa. <laughs> Pretty proud of that one. Yeah. But no, uh, pretty, you know, grew up in a dairy farm, uh, had a lot of cousins, so I had a big, big extended family. We grew up in a pretty small town, um, so you kind of grow up knowing everyone. Um, family kind of had their hand in a few different, you know, between, bes- besides the farm, just kind of running businesses, things like that. So I guess that was instilled in me that I'd kind of forgotten about going the law path. Um, but yeah, grew up like that. Academics were a huge focus, also very competitive, so see how that's carried through (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no justin told me a story one time about how he would um he he would uh dictate into a tape recorder like the (laughs) the move combos for street fighter yep and he would dictate them into a cassette tape player and then when they were on long car rides you know because he was a farm kid and everywhere was a long car ride yes he would listen to the tape of the move combos for street fighter so he could beat his brother (laughs) Because the only place we could play it was the occasional, occasionally it would rotate through the arcade in Rochester, mm-hmm. but it was once a year when we'd come to the state fair, we could play it at the arcades. Yeah. So we would cash in and just, my brother was like a gifted video game player. He would sit there and beat people for hours. That's funny. But yep, we'd memorize the moves. Wow. We, uh, so moving on, we kind of talked about this. <laughs> what would you be doing if you weren't operating the brewery? Like truth, truth, seriously. Oh, on a serious note? Yeah. And, and not lawyering. I've like, actually been you thinking have to about pick the something ant farm different. thing now. But no. <laughs> <laughs> He's memorizing ant moves right now. I got worms. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, you know, probably still something business related. I don't know what it would be, but something like um, something along the line of, of running some kind of business. I, I can't see myself ever really going back to farming. Yeah. But um, you did say one time that it, at the, that the brink of things you were like, I'm either going to start a law firm or I'm going to do some other business thingy. Yeah, exactly. So. I guess this is kind of a question for both of you, if you don't mind me interjecting. Go ahead, man. Um, did you guys both see or feel like a draw towards owning a small business no. or going into business for yourself? <laughs> no. Oh, I, okay. No, actually, he dragged me He dragged me into this. Kicking and screaming? Yeah. A little bit. There's a little more subtlety, but yeah, there yeah. was some kicking. But Justin, you, like... You know, not not right away. I think that's kind of what I was... It, it's something that sort of resurfaced a little bit after working at kind of a small business law firm and taking on some of those roles. Some of the things I didn't see as a kid or, you know, young adult growing up resurfaced in me. So now I don't know what else I do. It's something along yeah, those lines, same. I'm sure. We've, we actually talked... We've 
we talk we talk about this sometimes like i don't know i don't know what in the hell else i would be doing i don't know if there's anything else i could really do without i don't know man just like the idea of starting up a new career just sounds really tedious <laughs> you know and i i don't know man you know we were, and it's funny we were standing around the other day too where it was kind of like there's not really much to do today because we have learned so much and streamlined so much over the years that it's just like everything's a, just this beautiful moving machine and all of our employees click on it and they're just just dialed in and I just think everything's going so great. I don't, you know, I mean, aside from knocking on wood, knocking on wood aside from the COVID, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's just going really well and yeah. Uh, so how did you and I meet? Uh, you probably yeah, we know kinda, we kind of danced around it there, but than uh, I do. yeah, American Sky is really what it came down to. Um, after I started homebrewing, I was with the uh, homebrewing group out of Hudson. Yep. Um, going to their meetings, part of the group, and they met pretty regularly at American Sky. Well, a lot of those folks in that club were volunteers at the brewery. Yeah. So that's how they ended up. You know, there was always a volunteer on shift for whatever reason, and then. Well, for whatever reason, not, now we know because it's expensive keeping people on the payroll. <laughs> so I'll just answer that question. But uh, in any case, yeah, the, there was always a volunteer, and a few of them ended up working for us at some point, you know, at Hop. Um, but yeah, a lot of those folks from the Homebrew Club would help bottle um, and that. And then, yeah, I think Justin, you would bring, he would bring me homebrew and ask, ask me for advice. And I mean, if you're if you make a, a you know it's the same thing when I'm doing BJCP judging like you get this beer it's not to style I have to give it lower points but then I write on the sheet hey this beer it tastes great don't change the recipe because I really enjoyed it but it's not to style so you're getting dinged because of x y and z so Justin would bring these these amazing beers in and I would say you, you know want criticism or what have you and I'm like no it's a perfectly made homebrew it tastes great like don't change anything like or change the hops if you want to try a new hop variety or something like and I was like Fuck you. Give me your time. Tell me an answer. What's wrong? <laughs> Make it better. Often there was nothing <laughs> wrong with it, except for when he put the sours in front of me. I'm like, what did you do to this? Which just is, <laughs> which is, that was late. That I'm was kidding. Later. I just don't like sours. Which is funny because the first sours I ever had were from Jim, who brought from uh, some Russian River stuff at um, one of those random Friday tastings. Yeah. It was the first sour I ever had was at American Sky. Really? Because yep. he you know what? What were those ones called? Like Invictus? Or... Oh, where were they from? It was uh, the Russian the, the River. Russian River oh, the Russian River. Uh, yeah, so it'd be Invictus one. or yeah. it wasn't um, Invictus, but it, it yeah, little, it was uh, uh, Sacrification. It was Sacrification. Or, okay, or Beatification. Or Beatification. It's yeah. one of those two. But uh, so that was the first sour I'd mm -hmm. ever had, and then a couple years later, I started playing with Brett a little more than Full Mixed Cultures, and right. that's when I had that that one award winner. I was pretty proud of. Big time. At yeah. The Minneapolis, which. Actually, that's a pretty good segue. The Minneapolis Homebrew Con was kind of where we were about to kick things off and kind of has a cool origin story to yeah, yeah. We'll, one we'll, of our main We can beers. probably start tasting it in a second here and that because that's a beer we're going to taste today, and that's the story he's alluding to is that Minnesconsin kind of came from the origins of the Homebrew Con, so we'll get to the beer in a minute, but um, I wanted to... It's a good segue, yeah, but I, how did the idea of working together come about... It just seemed to be a natural fit. I, I guess, I yeah, I, I don't think there's much more to say to it than that. We were 
you know, we were already talking pretty regularly. We'd gotten a little bit out of touch when you'd moved with the brewery and got strapped with the equipment on a truck. But yeah, God, yeah, I went from I went on like on in one week I went from working in Hudson, Wisconsin, and then the next the next uh, Monday was working in Minnetonka, which if you know where either of those are, it's like across the world. And you just had to had a truck and equipment that you had to bring, like. They they brought him. They, oh, they just brought uh, well, him. they okay. bought the brewery and then bought me with the brewery. Essentially, <laughs> like it was, I came, I literally came with the brewery. And then, when they started selling off pieces of equipment for the brewery, I often was the one that stood there and like brokered the deal or told them, "Hey, this is how this works." And at one point, <clears throat> the company that bought the bottling line um, was in Guatemala. And they flew me down to Antigua, Guatemala to help out with this brewery. So I was there and that, helping out with this brewery. And that's, and that's really about the perfect time for when we started really talking. You were down there and you came back. We had our first kind of meeting. and I pitched the idea to you and things kind of took off from there. Right. So at the minute, you know, at the homebrew con, um, we sort of came up with the first beer recipe, which is... Minnesconsin, and which is like, which, which kind of had always been our, it's a, it's a Hellas lager and Hellas is the word for light. And it's kind of always been up there, top seller for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the homebrew con, we happened to taste a malt called Synergy malt from Brees. Yeah. Brees was debuting it at this and they'd had, mm-hmm. I remember indeed had done one, but they had a couple local breweries who'd each made a different take of a, a lager with this. Yep, um, and it was a fascinating malt from the start. Mm-hmm. And then we, at the beginning, were like, "Yeah, we want to like the idea of doing a bunch of loggers is is really cool, cool idea." And that was, you know, four years ago or something like that. And you know, it's kind of like, "Oh, you know, they've been saying this for years, like, oh, lager and pilsner that's going to be on the upswing. People are going for this, you know, lower ABV, this lager." And I'm like, "Okay, well, when is that going to happen?" Actually, because Everyone's into that sloppy, gloppy, hazy IPA. What now. was that incredible black lager that you had? Saint, Saint black. black. Oh my god, that yeah. beer was so good. I think we came yeah. out of the box with with several lagers and just none of them sold, and we were really fucking disappointed <laughs> Saint, by Saint that. Saint Black was a. That was mostly during the delay. We drank a lot of Kostritzer at that winter yeah. stube, and we're like, we should make this. So that was our take on. It's so yep. good. Yeah. So we kind of upped our IPA game instead of the lager stuff, and now we're kind of like the IP, the clean IPA brewery. We sell a, a that's lot. That's our biggest. But, a lot. Uh, <laughs> Minnesconsin is still up there, and that's as we're talking about it. We're we're sitting here staring fondly and drinking it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the, the beauty of this is it leans extremely heavily, if not almost a hundred percent, on this Brees Energy Malt. Um, it just it's complex. It's nice. Great body. It's a little bit of a headache to work with, but the brewers are champs and they figured it out. Right, and then this is also the if you guys are savvy, the base beer, Minnesconsin is the base beer for Lemon Breaker Shandy, which is extremely popular for us as well. It's my mom's favorite beer. It's most. It's most. <laughs> people's. My, you know, and that, that should be on the label. Mom's favorite beer. It's it's one Actually, of those beers. It's <laughs> kind of the penultimate, like. Upper Midwest, Western Wisconsin, um, sweet beer. Yeah. And I think when we had originally talked to one of our distributors in Rochester, they were like, oh, great, another, you know, uh, Northwestern Wisconsin brewery making a bunch of sweet beer. And then they tasted our beer and they were like, okay, you guys make some serious liquid. But 
but yeah, it's, a, it's a great boat beer. That's the point to that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. It's you can put, you make it into a slushy. You can, you can put vodka in it. Like we'll talk about lemon breaker another time. Yeah, but yeah. Minnesconsin, y'all. So yeah, the idea of working together came about by just kind of meeting up, and you know, Justin had the, the idea, and I said, I'll have, I, I'll lend you whatever knowledge I can, and I consulted for him and then he he asked he definitely asked me more than once if I wanted to like be on board with the brewery and I think at the time I didn't know what I wanted to do and I there were a bunch of really attractive um overseas brewery opportunities and I was kind of thinking about you know doing more of that <clears throat> or you know more uh more consulting and and trying it out in different countries and things and and then I got to thinking about it, and my dad's health started declining, and I thought, you know, this is probably a good time and a good place to root. And I think that's kind of what really sealed it for me. Um, but, yeah, the first steps of the brewery, however, uh, kind of an interesting story. We were looking around for a place to put the building yeah, well, a lot of the original plan didn't necessarily have us where we're at. We, mm-hmm. we figured we'd be building. Hudson was kind of our main target. We knew it'd be the St. Croix area. Yeah. Um, but the site where we're at now, if anyone's familiar, it's which I'm assuming a lot of you are, but it's downtown Hudson right in 2nd Street. And at the time, it was a winery um, that they fell in hard times. The, the operation didn't work out, and the spot just suddenly became available. Um, the late John Hoggett on the city council actually gave me a call, said the spot was coming up, and we toured it within a couple days. And a few months later, we worked out a deal with the landlords to mm-hmm. secure the spot. So then we, yeah. you know, where we were at, we were thinking still a year or two down the road. So we ramped up everything quick, kind of changed up the plans from construction to just bring in equipment and mm-hmm. rebooted and got moving on it. <laughs> yeah, February four years ago when we looked at those we looked at the winery and realized none of that winery equipment translates into beer. So literally ripped, they ripped everything out of there. Uh, the well, best, the, the bar. Yeah. They actually had a nice, a decent bar that was there and we tried to get them to leave it and they ripped the bar out. And then after it was halfway out, they were like, Oh, like, oh this is hard to remove. Yeah. Do you like, still no, want it? And we you said, no, all just F out of there. Get it out of there. And the best part was drain drainage was cut. In the yeah. floors, yep. which can be a hassle, um, so the the building was ready, and we couldn't have had a better experience with you know the city and with every everybody was just like super, like willing to help us. Um, we actually had to change the law downtown. Like you could have had a distillery the <laughs> size, you could have had a distillery the size of Jack Daniels downtown, but not a brewery, and they couldn't really discern why or figure out why they didn't want to brewery down there and i think their only concern was that you know those big beer trucks that you see mm. they were just like oh are there gonna be these big beer trucks in in and out of there all day and it's like i wish we could make that much beer out of that small <laughs> of a place yeah. so just illustrate to them no this brewery won't produce enough to where it's going to make a big deal you know a big difference downtown uh, so talk about your location for just a second i know both yeah. of you have talked to me separately about you guys have a like a few like types of customers who come in but one of them is the ones who come in they they're very excited to tell you about what the building used to be because it used to be like 17 different things no yeah hudson's i mean hudson's got a lot of history every town does but um 
our site was one of the the site was one of the original ones built downtown. I might forget exactly the original purpose. I think it was like a milk house or something, but it burned down in the 1900s. Then they built a car dealership there mm-hmm. in the 20s, like Great Depression era. One of the first car dealerships in the area. Um, kind of changed hands, different operations for a while, but it was a car dealership for most of its life. Yeah, we had a, a, a this old timer kind of walk in and with with some wistful. Yeah, you know, m- mistiness going on in his eyes, and he goes to the center of the <clears throat> the tap room, which definitely looks like a showroom floor of a car yeah. dealership. And he said, "I bought a what a 1969 GTO off yep. the floor, right, right here." And we were like, "Oh, cool!" So, so in our tap room above a our to go cooler, there's a I forget the era fifty late fifties. There's a photo of a few cars, and what's our patio now? And our Hudson was a f- Hudson Ford, wasn't that? It, at the time, I don't know if that was... It might have been at that one. I'd have to... Mm, but I know it was something it was, other yeah. than a Ford. But there's still a few callbacks. The door upstairs still has the name of the, the yeah. owner on it yeah. and the photos there, and there's a few other little things. Some other just little bits and bobs around. But yeah, kind of closed during the 90s, I, I guess. There was a glass blower, a few art shops, yeah, a couple little... There's somebody had scraped Casanova glass into the floor. Yeah. That's it, forever in the concrete in yep. one part of the brewery. There's also a stencil of Baby Yoda on the floor. That was awesome. <laughs> that that seems fairly new. Well, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Grogu. Yeah. Grogu. Anyway. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, Jesus. But Boy, then, uh, like, if you haven't watched the one from last week, you can get out of town. Yeah, like, come on. By the time people listen to this, it'll be like three weeks ago. Mm, exactly. But yeah, then the, the butlers bought the building, revamped it, put some money into it, um, cleaned it up real nice. Um, worked with, like we said, there was a winery that didn't quite work out, and we came in, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that those first steps, I think, what, you know, was finding all that and then all of a sudden having to throw it into gear and and do, get get the equipment ordered. And so there was a lot of, like, scuttling around and, and you know, going to Nebraska, like, measuring, um, all of that kind of stuff uh, to, to get this brewery going many months before... Um, Shout out to Nebraska. If anyone gets a chance to go to Lincoln, Lincoln's fine a really city. fun town. It is a, we could digress a long time here. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. For another day. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to wrapping it up here. But, you know, if you guys have any questions more about the origin story, we can loop back on a, on a future episode. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really fun um, starting at the brewery, and it continues to be extremely fun. Um, you know, it's not always easy. It's frustrating trying to make it work, <laughs> small business work in the in them COVID times. Yeah. But I think we continue to be passionate and, and try to crank out the best liquid possible. So that's what it's about. Yeah. So, folks, uh, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. want to thank you for tuning in last week or a few weeks ago for the pilot episode. We got some really good responses and huge numbers. If you have any questions or comments or what have you, we really don't mind. I really enjoy reading all the messages. Uh, send us an email at info at hopandbarrelbrewing.com. You can find Hop and Barrel on Facebook at Hop and Barrel Brewing. Uh, and follow us on Instagram at Hop and Barrel. And that's all one word. You can find us also, and you can send a message at feedback at blindninjastudios.com if that's your game. And find us, uh, find Blind Ninja Studios on Facebook at facebook.com backslash blindninjastudios. And follow them on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. 
Hey, we'll see you next time.